is Thursday. That can only mean one thing. Uh, actually, it's not true. It can mean a lot of things. <laughs> I about that. Like, imagine... <laughs> Imagine Off to a it, killer start. Yeah. It's like, it's Thursday, so today, ducks only walk backwards. I'm going to actually take that back right out of the gate. That's not true. It can mean a lot of things, but one of the things it means, Charlotte, is yes. that the People Sports Podcast is putting out an episode. Here we are. We're putting out an episode. Uh, can I can I start the show off by addressing an elephant in the room? Because uh, I don't think we've ever addressed this on the show. And uh, I find myself addressing it in my personal life a lot because a lot of my friends and family listen to the show. Okay. They're like, what's the deal with Charlotte? I'm like, how much time do you have? <laughs> what's the deal with Charlotte? Oh my no, God, that could go uh, so many ways. They're, they, they, they like you. They're like, wow, Charlotte's cool. Like, that's like, how long have you guys known each other? Like, wh- how long did the show, whatever, whatever. And I've, yeah. I've been telling them and I feel like this is funny because this is like a, this is an interesting wrinkle that I feel like we could like lean into this on the show. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong and goddamn, do I hope I'm wrong. We have never met in person. Correct. No, never. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, I thought about that and I was like, this could be the hook for the show is like, we, are we the best podcast where the two hosts have like never actually met in person? That's <laughs> true. That? I, I would hope so. I mean, if anyone yeah, else right. is doing better than we are without ever, I mean, this is, this truly builds up like the most incredible narrative tension. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like we're going to have to film it the first time we yeah, actually like meet big- each other. The big like yeah yeah like I we, we it's just like love down. is blind except <laughs> yeah. podcasts it's like podcasts it's like are podcasts. blind and then like we come out and you're and like I talk and you're like oh my god you're not funny in person oh my god, at all yeah oh you are five one oh my god I, <laughs> you don't know how tall I am I, I really don't yeah that's actually kind that. of something yeah. weird on the internet if you put in if you search my name the things that autofill one of them is Charlotte Wilder height mm. and I'm like who's out really? there like googling how actually i'm gonna do this right now i want to see what your top what your top uh suggestions are i'm doing it I think right some now. of them are bad so charlotte wilder space charlotte wilder space bar uh hold on is this gonna tell me more about like is this like tailored to my search history or like, like i don't want to make that mistake you know it like there's some be, guys it might be you better be careful like well, like like your friend, he's like, I keep getting targeted ads for adult diapers. I don't understand. You guys, you guys seeing a lot of adult diaper ads on Instagram? You're like, no, buddy, that's that's just you. You understand that? Uh, all right. So Charlotte Wilder space. First one is age. Weird. Interesting. Second one I'm seeing is Paul Rudd. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah, that checks uh, out. Then Fox Sports. Okay. Then Instagram. Then Wikipedia. Okay. Then college, and then Twitter. So okay. Yeah, but what, that's what, fairly wow. I guess maybe people stopped. I must have said how tall I am at some. Well, point. if you type in H, height shows up. Then <laughs> Charlotte Wilder height, Charlotte Wilder husband. Wow, Charlotte Wait, Wilder are you high serious? school. <laughs> Charlotte Wilder high school, and then Charlotte Wilder hot dog. So I don't. Yeah, know. no, that's a whole thing. I did will we just, explain that someday. Did we just create a new game, by the way, where we just type in names and then a letter and then? <laughs> see what happens next i think we did i think we did wow that's wild so i mean yeah though to answer your friends and family's question no we have never yeah. met i'm very excited for that day mm-hmm. uh i haven't met most of the people i work with at fox yeah. sports because i started in the middle of a goddamn pandemic yeah. and now well, i'm like these are my friends but i've never met them it's <laughs> so weird a, yeah what a weird what a weird just yeah whole situation i don't know i i found myself having this conversation with like but yeah my dad was because we talked about my dad a lot on the last show so he was listening he was like really excited he called me like, oh. oh you were talking about me a lot uh, and, he's, and then he asked about you and i was like i'll be honest dad like i she she seems cool i'm not gonna vouch for her too much because i don't know what kind of skeleton that's closet. smart 
That's smart. You shouldn't. Uh, uh, shout out, Mr. Titus. I'm so glad you guys are all listening. Um, I yeah. hope my friends and family are listening. No one talks to me. No one ever brings up like my work to me. It's like I do all this stuff and like put it out into the world. And then in my personal life, people are just like, cool. So like, what did you have for dinner? And which I both appreciate. And I'm also like, I don't know if anyone knows what I do. And, and, but... and when people do bring it up, they're like, they're way off on what you, they, they think you're like trying to be an actress. They think it's like a hobby. And they're like, so how's that actress thing you're doing? It's, you're like trying to get into acting, right? You're like, yeah. you're like so you're, you're trying out for the G League. Like yes. can women do that. Like, yeah. um, speaking of friends that we have a number of friends of the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the people who mm -hmm. wrote to us because I begged for emails, which is one of the more pathetic things that you can say is that you beg for emails, but I'm not, I'm not proud. Um, so the first one is, th there are three that I want to read, and then there's a little compilation um, of things that people who are also over the age of 30 can no longer do. Okay. Um, so the first one is John from Detroit, <clears throat> mm -hmm. subject line, nicknames, Dear Charlotte, parentheses, and by extension, Mark. Whilst watching the Great British Bake Off this weekend, which I'm already like John from Detroit, my best friend, I noticed a contestant's name was Lottie. I bemused out loud, what kind of a name is Lottie? To which my wife rolled her eyes and informed me it's a nickname for Charlotte. So, one, has anyone ever called you Lottie? Two, for both of you, what are your favorite and least favorite nicknames? Interested to see if anything surpasses the shark. Regards, John from Detroit. Oh my God. Lottie, that is... You, I, I know that uh, I, I've heard yourself call you or heard you call yourself Char. Mm, before. That's like, like a, that, that's yeah. that's a standard thing. But you've never done yeah. the second half of that. I before. hate it so much. I hate the nickname Lottie. And when I was like ten, my grandmother decided that she loved it, and I was like, I hate this. Please don't call me that. And she called it me it for the rest of her life. And I was like, you, but why your are name you is Char. Your name is not Charlotte. I know, <laughs> so and it, Lottie sounds like a like a weird cookie you'd get in like Belgium or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I don't want that. So, so yeah. I mean, it sounds I've, Irish or something. It Lottie. does. Yeah. I don't uh, know if you experience this, but every place I've gone, like even if the people at the first place don't know the people from the second place, you know, like college to yeah, work or yeah. like high school to college, the same nicknames have followed me. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that happens to you. Does that happen? To you? How, how do you mean? I mean, like in high school, I got C dubs, oh. I got Char Char, oh. Oh, I got yeah, yeah. like people would just call me Wilder or Char Babe, weirdly. And then I got to college, and people who didn't know that those were my nicknames sort of came up with those organically. The, uh, I, the, the only thing like that I would say is I have found, uh, and I have not announced this, I have not stated my preference on this. It's just kind of happened this way where all of the men in my life call me Titus. All of the women in my life uh, call me Mark, and I really? don't really know how that happened. And I never once said like, like it's not like when I meet women, I'm like, call me, you can call me Mark or whatever. I just like, I never say anything. I just kind of exist. That's so funny. I do. Call women you Mark. call me Mark. Yeah, yeah. And guys always call me Titus, and I've I've picked up on that to the point that like, if women call me Titus, I'm like, whoa, that was kind of weird. <laughs> like, okay, so, bro. Uh, I don't I don't know. That's that's the closest thing I, I wow. would say. But, uh, yeah, Lottie is. I, I didn't even know that was a thing, to be honest. That's like uh, Topher Grace going by Topher and right. taking the second half of Christopher. And like, what you know, happened we, to we the first more, part of your name, dude? We need more second half. Uh, you, you know, I just recently, like within the last six months, I would say, uh, picked up on the fact that Liam is the second half of William. That's one of my favorites. I'll be honest. Yeah. I actually like that one's not Liam. a bad one. Yeah. No, Liam is good. Liam is good. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, another email <clears throat> from Will Roush. Subject line, redemption. 
Mm-hmm. In honor of Duncan Robinson and to redeem yourselves for ignoring hockey, will you let the world know on the pod that the NESCAC winter sports season has officially been canceled? Shout out NESCAC. That is my Colby College. It, Duncan Robinson started at Williams, another NESCAC school. It stands for New England Small College Athletic Conference. And uh, yeah, so apparently they canceled the season and Will feels like we haven't honored hockey enough. So hopefully this helps. You, uh, is uh, this is all I know about Neskak, other than what you just said. Uh, is Colby is your nickname? Because I have I have gone on record as saying I'm great at college nicknames, but mm-hmm. I did so with Division One schools. I'm not great at the Neskak, but I want to say I know Colby's. Is it? It's mules. Something is it Whoa. white mule? How do you know that? Have yes. I told you that? No, no. Wait, no. you just knew what yeah. our mascot. I, 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 I've, I've spoke about this. I think I talked about it on part of my take where I like, that is one thing that I would say I am in the 99.9999 percentile in the world of like mascot knowledge. I don't know. I, I'm just like, I'm locked in on every mascot, that every, That's every nickname that out of control. They did I recently, remember. they did drop the white though, since I've been, Oh, there, they dropped think, the white. Which, okay. <laughs> I mean, it does make sense though. That everyone up there Mules of all colors. jackass. So like, you know, yeah. I was like, it's a little on the nose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, that's wild. Okay, wait. Here's right. here's here's one that um that Garrett A he writes to us. Also, Laura Williams, shout out Laura, who had a Midwestern tale, said that one of her friends was uh, in Indianapolis. Um, no, no, yeah, they were going to move to Indianapolis from Wisconsin, and the dad delayed the move six months until he could find a curling club. Oh, yes. In, Love that. In Indianapolis. Um, and Garrett that. A sort of negged us. He writes and he goes, this show has slowly gone from a hate listen to decent background noise on days when there's not a new episode of the Ryan Rosillo show. And then he goes and he says, then he he's very nice. He says that he has some uh, ideas for segments for us, which are Charlotte peeling back the onion, working title, come up with a better name. There are many, many things that have to happen in life to culminate in an adult woman confidently talking about climbing trees in a post-Y2K world. <laughs> Can we take a few minutes each week to unravel that a little bit? There's got to be a treasure trove of stories, um, like what kind of school supplies and trinkets were in your monogrammed L.L. Bean backpack, and did you refer to yourself as Better Charlotte when the Madden brothers were taking over the music scene? Mm. So, yeah, he kind of roasts me, but there's no lie. And then for you, he says two truths and a lie, whereas, um, you know, you have to say, I don't, he, he loses me here, but thank you, Garrett, okay. for. <laughs> he loses, that's a good Yeah, it. yeah, he, I, Garrett lost me, but I appreciate it. Um, oh, man. And then the most common refrain we got from people uh, about being old and things they can't do is falling asleep watching sports and forgetting that thing you meant to pick up when you went into the other room. Yeah, I do. I'm starting to do both of those. Not, I, I wouldn't say I regularly do it, but I was watching some of the baseball playoffs the other night, and it was I forget. I God, I even forget what game it was, oh but uh, it was like the sixth <laughs> inning. And I was like, man, this is because I I had something to do after it. Like there was one other chore I wanted to do around the house, but I was like, I'm going to lock it. I'm going to watch the rest of this game. And then I'm going to do the chore. Cause this is a great game. I got to watch this game. And then I just fell asleep and I woke up and like, it was the post game show. <laughs> yeah, like, well, truly. I guess it must, I guess it wasn't that great of a game. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you wake up to football and Al Michaels is like, ah, can you believe what happened yeah. in the last minute? And you're like, God damn it. Liam McHugh's handing out game balls. And you're like, what, <laughs> I, what happened? I missed it. <laughs> Go wait, back. Wait, wait. Um, 
Cool. I love this. I love I love emails. I love that you're getting emails. You want emails so badly. I, I gotta so say though, badly. uh next week I am not I am taking a week off. Um I'm uh I don't know, I'm going on vacation basically. You going, going fishing? Back. Yeah, I actually am, yeah. I'm going fishing. Mm. So um had a feeling Charlotte is going to hold down the show. Maybe by yourself. Maybe you're going to have a guest host. I don't know. But uh, you want a lot of emails. We need a lot of emails to drive the show, right? Well, here's my question. Should we just do an episode? I want to know what the people want. So tell me yeah. what you want. Like, tell me if you want me to get a guest or if you want me to just answer all of your questions um, yeah. from the emails. Uh, but, um, you know, I don't know. Should let, Let's think about that. And yeah, then, we'll figure uh, it out. What's the, plug the email address again so people know. Uh, the People's Sports Podcast, okay. and there's an S. There are two at. Don't let the two S's trip you up. People's Sports People's at gmail.com. The Perfect. People's so but, email Charlotte. What produce the show for us? <laughs> yeah, tell tell us what to do. Um, but uh, Mark, do you have any headlines for me? Like, should we talk I do. About sports. We have we have topics we could hit, Charlotte, and I think uh, we we already agreed what we're going to talk about. So these these are the these are the consolation. These are these, these are the things we're not going to talk about. But uh, we're Sounds we're in good. the running. We're in the discussion. Number one, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers won an NBA championship. So I ask you, Charlotte, what? LeBron or MJ? Who you got? <laughs> <laughs> Who is your goat and why? In five uh, seconds or less, make your case. Go. Um, <laughs> you are the goat of talking about other people talking about who's the goat. That's what I'll say. Uh, there's this story that that happened kind of last night. A uh, little too quick of a turnaround for us. Uh, Mark Melanson, the relief pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, uh, caught Ozzy Albies' home run in the bowl. He's warming up in the bullpen. He caught a home run last night in the on the fly. He's warming up the bullpen. The ball comes right to him. The reason this is notable, Charlotte, is because two nights ago, the exact same pitcher warming up in the exact same bullpen caught a home run from the exact same teammate. This happened in back-to-back games. Uh, what a weird story. I'm not really sure how much meat's like, on that bone, though. You just kind of say that happened, and then we move on. Well, you're just kind of like that has – that has to be either like really, really, really good luck, or it's a sign that the world is just ending more quickly than we thought. I've never <laughs> yeah, heard right. of anything like that happening. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, that one's kind of terrifying. We start peeling. What, what, what was the guy's name? Garrett. Or peeling, back the peeling back the onion. Peeling back the onion, and we get. Uh, and we get. We don't like what we find when we we dig into that one. Uh, I have one story from overseas as well that I think you would get a kick out of. Please. Um. This is this is a headline from the BBC. Italian Carter, who threw bumper at rival, quit sport. And then the article starts, Luca Corberi, 23, threw his bumper at opponent Paolo Ippolito in anger after crashing at the Cardin KZ World Championships in Lenato, Northern Italy on Sunday. Post-race footage then showed a fight breaking out. Quote, I have decided not to take part in any other motorsport competition for the rest of my life, Corberi said. <laughs> so, yeah, that's your go-kart update in Italy. Some 23-year-old, his bumper, you got a wreck, picked up his bumper, threw it at the rival, and then said, I quit. I'm done forever. <laughs> Honestly, he's smart, though, because how can you come back from that? Like, you throw yeah. a piece of your car at someone else, and then you're like, I'm done. for. That would be, like, me... Um... <sighs> I, I have no equivalent, but it would be this me is, like quitting my jet, being like, I'm done with sports forever and closing my computer and ending this podcast right and now. And throwing your computer at your rival. <laughs> I need a rival. I, I, uh, 
I have a feeling he's going to Costanza this. We're going to get a George Costanza situation where next Sunday he's just he, lining up at the starting grid, and everyone's like, I thought you didn't you? And he's like, huh? What are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't quit. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to be back in under two weeks, and everyone's going to be like, uh, you quit, man. Um, but here's what we really want to talk about. This happened uh, – so we put the shows out on Thursday. This happened last Thursday night, so it's a little late in the news cycle for people listening, but that's the joy of the shows. We are mm-hmm. not – we are not uh, – timely you never know <laughs> what you're gonna get <laughs> uh and it, and it still technically falls in the window of last week for us um thursday night your beloved quarterback tom brady well forgot what down it was charlotte yeah the buccaneers lose to the bears in part because tom brady did not realize it was fourth down and he turns to the refs and he's like that was that was fourth down. he holds up the four fingers uh i feel like this piggybacks nicely on last week's show which is us talking about being old and forgetting things and yes would you look at that? The 43-year-old quarterback can't count the four. He had a real-ass senior moment. <laughs> um, I was just – I was stunned watching it because – so the the Bucks get the ball back. Nagy leaves Brady with a minute and a half, which, you know, mm-hmm. normally is just like Tom Brady magic. You know, game's over. They're going to win by a touchdown. Um, but Brady, he throws into tight coverage, and it's an incompletion. Everyone's like, oh, that's a really anticlimactic way to end mm-hmm. a 20 to 19 game and mm-hmm. then he holds up his hand he's like four and everyone's like oh my god he just forgot like he straight mm-hmm. up didn't know which first of all i identify with deeply as someone who would do something like that um but i mean it it raises the question you know is is you nick Foles by transitive property the go oh. Because That's a great question. Yes. he's he's beat Brady in the Super Bowl, and now he beat Brady in a regular season game. Was the Eagles so? Was uh, I, I really don't remember. So I'm, I, I, it's gonna this is gonna come across as me pouring salt in your wounds, but I genuinely no. don't remember. Was the Tom Brady the one where he dropped the pass like it came <laughs> off his fingers? Was that the Eagles game? I think so. Fun think- fact about the Eagles game is I didn't watch it because something got screwed up with work and I had to leave Minneapolis on Sunday and then my flight was so delayed that I was in the air through the entire Super Bowl mm. trying to stream it mm. on bad Wi-Fi. I made it I made it home in time for the last play to watch the Patriots <laughs> lose. And it was raining well, and I cried. <laughs> so it doesn't count. I and I would say that that doesn't count for you then. Then you Thank you. That's yeah, how I feel. Yeah, the game didn't happen. Doesn't count. Right. Um yeah, I think it was. I think that was the Eagles Super Bowl. And I just bring that up to say, like, is there something about Nick Foles that, like, yeah, Tom Brady just gets rattled? Like, he just, like, he has to have an embarrassing moment when he plays Nick Foles. I think that's right. I think he just, I think Foles <laughs> has some sort of ability to really throw Brady off. Maybe it's because he's so nice. He's just, like, such yeah. a nice, normal guy. And then he plays well against Brady. And Brady's like, what? I don't. I don't understand. Maybe, maybe Tom Brady's just intimidated. He's reading the same stories on the internet that mm-hmm. everyone else is reading about. Uh, yeah. so I'm like, not saying it. You're the one saying like, it. <laughs> oh, my God. He just can't get that out of his head. Uh, so <laughs> so I want to uh, defend Brady here. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm not sure if I believe this. I just, uh, I'm just i a sports talking head, and this is what we do. We say things mm-hmm. we don't necessarily believe just to get mm-hmm. the people going a little bit. Um, what if... Tom Brady knew it was four. He didn't forget. He didn't have a senior moment. He's Tom Brady. Come on. He can count the four. He knows how bad football works. Uh, what if he was just trying to intimidate the refs and he was trying to gaslight the refs? And he thought, like, I'm Tom Brady. I have so much influence. If I hold up, I, if I hold up that it was, if I try to convince him it was third down, maybe the refs will be like, well, shit, if Tom Brady thinks it's third down, 
I guess maybe we should. Maybe he's right. Maybe we should. He's he trying, trying to, to convince steal the refs that they're the crazy ones. Yes. Yes. He's just gaslighting. Yes. It's a tried and true strategy. <laughs> is it? Is it, Mark? <laughs> Tell me more know. about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, that's galaxy brain stuff my dude that is like that is like i but also with tom brady i wouldn't put it past him something i i do think is interesting about this is there were two kind of similar moments um in college football last weekend where Mm -hmm. two separate guys uh were running towards the end zone very quickly and looked like they were going to beat all the defenders but then held up the peace sign to celebrate a little bit too soon and got Mm -hmm. tackled before they made it to the end zone Mm -hmm. So it's sort of in a similar vein of a total, like, I feel like Brady's was just a total brain fart. And I feel yeah. like these guys had a real moan of hubris. Maybe they were saying what yard line they were going to get tackled on. <laughs> Tackle me at the two is what they're they're saying to the defender. Tackle me at the two. <laughs> that makes you think. That's what it that is. makes you think. Uh, well, yeah, that 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 leads us to well, not yet. I don't want to get to it yet, but I, that teases. We want to do uh, in the same vein as Tom Brady, not remembering what down it was, in the same vein as people premature celebration. We're going to do a draft today of our favorite, most memorable blunders in sports, gaffes, if you will. Uh, whatever the word might be, uh, moments where mental lapses, uh, moments where players, coaches, what have you, are like, huh, huh, <laughs> or just like what? you know, a total lack of coordination between their brain yeah. and their limbs. You know, yeah. something goes haywire and everything goes wrong. Uh, I don't want to step on the draft too much because uh, I don't know if this is on your big board, where it ranks, whatever. But I feel like it's relevant to bring up in this Tom Brady discussion that because you, you brought up the idea of college, this this happening in college football. Uh, mm-hmm. The there there is a famous instance of people forgetting what down it was in college football. It's called the fifth down game. It has its own Wikipedia page where it's literally <laughs> called the fifth down game on Wikipedia. This is not stepping on my tones. So okay, please. so you didn't you didn't have this on your Okay, I didn't I didn't want it, I didn't want to talk about it. And then you're like, no, oh, that was going to be my number one pick. What'd you do? No, uh, no, I actually don't even know about the fifth okay, down well, game. Okay, uh, well, uh, history lesson. Um, in 1990, Colorado and Missouri were playing. Uh, Colorado was playing at Missouri. Um, and Colorado was, had a very good team that, that year. They, uh, they're losing late in the game. They're, they're driving for what would end up being their game-winning touchdown, um, and Cordell Stewart was the, the quarterback for Colorado. Uh, long story short, they got five downs because Cordell Stewart spiked the ball, um, then they like ran a play, whatever, uh, and then the timeout was called, and the chain gang forgot d- – during the timeout, they forgot to flip the to the next down. No way. So they come out, keep keep the drive keeps going, whatever, and then uh, on fourth down, Cordell Stewart spikes the ball again to stop the clock, and it should have been a spike on fourth down, which is another thing that happens semi regularly in football, more often in college and in high school or whatever. But uh, guys will spike it on fourth down, and you just grab your head, you're like, oh no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but Cordell Stewart does that because he thinks it's third down because the sign says third down. Uh, so the Colorado runs one more play, they score a touchdown, they win the game. Because this was this was all happening like within the five yard line, you know. So they're like, like dry, they're about to punch it in. They finally punch it in. The game's over. Uh, what makes this one interesting though is that after the 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 touchdown was scored, the refs picked up on it. This was not a situation where the refs like didn't know, and then like three days later they were told about it. The refs knew in the moment because they all looked at each other and they're like, "Wait a second, that was five downs, right?" And they're oh, all like, no. "Yeah, what should we do about this?" And I'll be goddamn, they did nothing. They were like, "Well." We can't we, we we can't play the what if game. I guess just give them the touchdown. You're and kidding Charlotte, me. Uh, this this matters because when I said uh, the 1999 Colorado Buffalo football team was good, 
what I really meant was the 1990, I'm sorry, uh, Colorado Buffalo football team went on to win a national championship that year. They were technically like, well, I think they were like 11 and one, whatever. But like, if they lose that game, they don't win the national championship. It saved them a national championship and it's the all bogus. down gave the them. Down. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I don't know how I hadn't heard about this. Yeah. That's so a maybe great Tom story, Brady, Yeah, maybe Tom Brady was just like, you know, what the hell? I'll give it a try. <laughs> now I see your gaslighting stance. Now I see this has worked before, you know, yeah. maybe not on purpose, but also maybe on purpose. Did they pay yeah. off the guys on the chain gang? Well, the other the other funny wrinkle about all this is Colorado's head coach. Uh, his name was Bill McCartney. It still is probably. Uh, Paul's brother. Changed, yeah, I don't think he changed his name, but uh, it, it, it certainly was in 1990. Uh, he played football at Missouri. He was a he, Missouri is his alma mater, no. and he uh, in the post game press conferences he was not he was not lenient to his alma mater. He was like basically throwing up middle fingers, and he's like, "Suck it, we beat you fair and square." Wow, <laughs> real football guy. That's what you got to do. You know, you're you're loyal to the team that you're yeah. on to yeah. your guys. So, anyway, that is uh, that is a little history. Yeah, the, we've been here before with like the towns, and sometimes it's worth a shot. Yeah, like Tom Brady, it was kind of worth a shot because who knows? Maybe it works totally. out, and, and you get your fifth down. Um, now, now I actually now I respect Brady's move a little bit more. Now I'm like, okay, Tom, I see I'm what you were into it. Yeah, see what, I will, see what you were uh, trying to sneak by us there. If the guy will deflate footballs and then okay. throw his phone into the ocean, All surely, right. surely he's not above. It was to... the ball boys and he <laughs> smashed the phone. He didn't throw it in the ocean. All right. At least get your facts straight. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, before, before we get into the draft. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't look like we're just being mean to people for screwing up. Uh, sh should we address personal blunders in our lives? Yes. Because I feel, I, like, I, I feel like we should do this so that way it's not just us piling on other people. I think it's necessary to roast ourselves thoroughly per, before yeah. we attend. I don't think we're really roasting anyone else. I think we're just sort of bringing up moments where people had real come aparts, which I'm sorry, who can't relate to that in 2020? Exactly. Who can't exactly. relate to, you know, someone dropping a ball or not to give anything away, but well, no, you know what? I'm going to stop myself. I'm going to stop myself. Okay. Yeah. yeah let's yeah, do our yeah. personal, let's do our personal blunders. Um, you'd mentioned maybe we should do, you know, a sports one and a non-sports one. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to start with your sports one first? Cause I will, yeah, I will start with my sports one. Um, and, and, I, I define these as like things that keep me up at night, things that like I'll wake up at 2 a.m. in a cold sweat because I had a yeah. dream about like that moment and I'm trying yeah. to redo it. Um, this one, thankfully, there was nothing on the line, but this piggybacks well on last week's show because I was playing in a men's softball league. Uh, I was, oh wow, I, I was in high school at the time, I was 17, <laughs> but I was playing. <laughs> you uh, were that guy, you were the 17 year old who played yeah. with the 40 year old. Well, no. Kind of because the, the team was actually like all guys that uh, were my brother and his friends and they were all in like college. It was a weird, like we were like the young team and then like we would get smoked every time by like guys in their 40s with beer bellies because we thought like we were, we we're great athletes. We'll kick, kick these guys' asses and they were just destroying us. You um, can never underestimate a 40-year-old man with a beer belly's ability yeah. to hit a softball. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, which leads me to the okay. moment of time I'm talking about because uh, I'm playing left field. Um I, I I was a pretty good baseball player growing up. I, I never played the outfield, though. I was, I was never good at shagging fly balls. I played first base in my baseball career. I was, I was good at the grounders. Fly balls, not as much. Because uh, I just can't read them off the bat. So anyway. Because uh, I just can't read. Yeah, I just can't read. <laughs> The, the ball gets hit. Because like every time a ball is hit, a pop fly, I'd stare at it. I'm like, is that going to go over my head or is it short? 
oh shit over my head <laughs> uh, you always got to start from back you got to yeah, start from yeah, back you it's easier back. to run forward uh so on this particular play um it's a close game i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like dress it up and pretend like the league titles on the line or anything like that it was just a regular game but uh it, it was it was a pivotal moment in the game and a guy the ball goes over my head. Uh, there's a pop fly. I think I read it right. I realize I don't. Then I start like backing up. It's almost going to hit the wall. I'm, I get kind of, you know, for being honest, I'm a little bit of a chicken because there's the warning track, the wall. And I'm just like, yikes, what's going on here? I stick my glove up. It goes over my glove, hits the wall. And at this point, I'm already like super embarrassed because I'm like, uh -huh. I, uh, you know, I, I, I want to be a great athlete. I want people to think I'm a great athlete. I'm like, oh, shit. I look like a moron letting this ball <laughs> fall over my head. So my fix Instead of picking it up, making the great baseball play and hitting the cutoff man and maybe like stopping the guy with a double. No, no. Uh, I turn down. The ball's not laying on the warning track. I turn down and I'm trying to like, in my mind, the guy's like rounding third. And if I can just pick this up and laser it home, we'll tag him out and I'll save everything. <laughs> and everyone will be like, God damn, that guy's a great athlete. Oh, no. So I turn, I pick it up and I just don't even, I almost don't <laughs> even look and I just throw it as hard as I can. And Charlotte, the ball sailed 300 yards out of the ballpark. Hits the concession stand of the softball complex. <laughs> Everyone in line of the concession stand like ducks and like <laughs> freaks out. <laughs> and I'm standing out in left field just like, shit. <laughs> Which, now that I hear myself talking, the one other time I remember playing left field was when I peed my pants in the little league. Oh There's out left field with me. Like, what am I doing playing left field? We can't put you in the worst field left field ever. ever. Wait, so you just like completely lost control of your arm and threw it out of yeah, the Yeah, I just like I just I just was like seeing red. I just had like a blind rage of like I have to like all that matters is I throw this. It was it was kind of like how I drive a golf ball. It's like it doesn't the accuracy doesn't matter. It just matters how hard I throw this. Like I have mm -hmm. to get it back in as fast as possible. So I just turned and whipped it and like instead of turning, I didn't turn all the way. I turned a little. <laughs> That is that is like one of them. that is such a great scolded. image. Our team got scolded for screwing around in the league because we were like the young guys and they were like, oh, these jackasses just screwing around. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I won't screw around again. And in my head, I'm like, no, that was I was trying to make a good play on that one. That is unreal. Oh my god, yeah, I love that, Mark. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip my sports one because it's not as good as that. And I'm just gonna go straight into my personal one because this is this is up there. Um so when I <laughs> <laughs> this is this is truly it took me like five years to be able to tell anyone about this so I was 21 and I was I had an internship at this literary agency all I knew is that I wanted to be a writer somehow or I wanted to be a media or I want like I had no idea how to do this I didn't know anyone in this industry I had no clue what I was doing but um a friend of mine worked at Boston Magazine and she was unbelievably generous. She would give me these freelance assignments. They didn't pay me anything, but I was like, just happy to be out here, coach. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm at my other, my in, unpaid internship because this industry is deeply unfair and you, it really is much easier to get ahead if you have a family who is like, yes, we'll feed you while you live at home, mm. you useless. But mm -hmm. it, I mean, they were very supportive, but you know, I'm very aware of what it takes to do this and how that's not fair all the time. But so I'm sitting at my internship and um, looking for jobs. And at the time, I wanted to stay in Boston, which anyone who knows if you want to be in media, like probably mm. not the the uh, the place to be. But at the time, I was like, you know what, this is where I want to be. I'm going to find a job here. So there a, a job pops up on a job board at Boston Magazine. And it's for assistant managing editor. Now, 
I am 21. I don't realize that assistant managing editor is like the second in command. Like <laughs> this is a, like this is a job for someone who has been in the industry, who knows what they're doing. Um, I just saw the assistant, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" Like I'm yeah. in. I'm going to apply for this job. I know some of my friends who are personal assistants or whatever. Like I'm sure it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. just because, just because, um, you know, assistant is in it just does not mean. Um, that it's an entry level job, which you'd think I would yeah. know, but okay. I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read you these emails. <clears throat> Monday, October seventeenth, two thousand eleven, at eleven twenty a.m. Charlotte Wilder wrote, "Dear Miss Jasnoff, I recently applied via LinkedIn for the position of assistant managing editor at Boston Magazine. I just wanted to reach out to you personally and let you know how interested I am in the job." I'm attaching my resume and cover letter here as well. And thank you so much for considering my application, exclamation point. I hope you have a great week. Best, Charlotte. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, your, res your resume has like, like you're so young that your resume has like your Girl Scout badges on it. Yeah, like, my like, resume is like taught sailing for 10 yeah, years, which yeah. is too long for anyone to teach sailing and took pictures for an alumni magazine but once. I, I went two for four in an eighth grade softball game. That's like a bullet point. Yeah, head. that's like my main achievement. That's the first bullet point. <laughs> so this one, uh, uh, the afternoon goes by. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there, I have nothing to do because I finished everything I have to do by like 1030. And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I'm just, you know, I haven't heard back yet, which at the time, of course I hadn't heard back yet, but I was like, I haven't heard back, like wonder what's going on. So I checked the email that I sent. <clears throat> <laughs> Dear Miss Jaz Janoff. Notice the first one says, Dear Miss Jasnoff. The second oh one says, Dear Miss Janoff. This is beyond embarrassing, but I sent you the wrong version of my cover letter this morning. If you would consider rereading it, in parentheses, if you already looked at it, that is, if you didn't, please disregard it, in parentheses. Though I know you're very busy, I would be so grateful. My sincere apologies, but I wanted to resend the attachment considering... <laughs> This is painful. Considering that the old version had egregious typos, spelled A-G-G-R-E-G-I-O-U-S, and the job description mentioned much copy editing. I also talked to my friend's name today, who is an associate editor at your publication, and she said that she would mention me to you. Hopefully I haven't completely killed my chances at speaking with you after sending the wrong attachment. Oh Have a great evening. God. Best, Charlotte. Oh, my God. So this no, is no responses. You're getting no, no responses. Re so that was at 4:55. This the third email I send at 7:51 on October 17th, 2011. <clears throat> Dear Miss Jasnoff, and I left the S out of your name and spelled egregious wrong. And not only did I spell it wrong, but I used the misspelled word to describe spelling. Please excuse my egregious, 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 and any other kind of mistake oh I might have God. made this far as I try to convince you I'm still worth considering for this incredible job, which, all kidding aside, I promise you I am. Ever hopeful, Charlotte. Oh my God. Ever hopeful. That's how <laughs> so I sign it. I sign it ever hopeful. Ever hopeful. Yep. Oh my God. I did what not are... hear back. I did this not is... hear back. Have you seen the movie, the film, Swingers? Yes. Uh, 
the this is the scene where Mikey is calling the girl. He got her her number and he called her like four hundred times, and the answering machine keeps cutting her, cutting him off. And then he yes. calls back, and he's he's like, "Sorry about that last, sorry about that last message. I got cut off." Uh, anyway, and then it just keeps getting cut off, and he just keeps digging himself a bigger and bigger hole. That's the vibe. Yep. That's, that's that's my. So that's one of the you did and not it, get the job. You did not get the job. I didn't hear back. I didn't get the job. I'm not sure I even got more freelance stuff for them. I mean, like I really they I mean, I think honestly, I think if some if I got this series of emails from someone, I'd be like, I'm gonna hire you. We'll teach you how See, to spell, but like this comedic timing could be useful somehow. This feels like uh so the way you tell the story, Charlotte, as you as you progress in your life and you become a big star and, and well, all of that stuff and you and you look back on your life, uh the people in your shoes tell this, the way they tell the story is not with the humility you do. They tell the story by saying like, yeah, those assholes never hit me back. They never gave me, they never believed in me. And they always leave out the part where it's like, <laughs> were you spelling egregious right? <laughs> like, no. Did you find your email ever hopeful? Because maybe that's why they didn't hit you back. <laughs> hopeful. Oh my God. Ever hopeful Charlotte. I mean, that's true today, even still. I, I, am, I am like ever weirdly hopeful. optimistic still. Anyway, just, so. By the way, you just you just set yourself up for all the emails you're getting this week. You're going to be signed ever hopeful from, <laughs> from everyone that listens. <laughs> that's so true. So I mean. Please read my email on, on air. Ever hopeful. <laughs> ever hopeful. Oh, oh man. All right. Well. I don't know if you want to get into our our draft of worst. Yeah, we could get into our draft. I had I had an embarrassing personal one, but uh, I don't I don't know. You can tell it. We or you could let's see how you feel at the end of the draft. I'll see how I feel. It's it's pretty. It's it is actually humiliating, and uh, (laughs) and it's not. It didn't happen that long ago. Maybe we should bookend the draft with humiliating stories. Yeah, that that, that'll be a tease. So if you're bored by the draft, stick around. Maybe I'll (laughs) say it at the end. I'll say my I'll save my personal one for the end. Uh, But we got to get to the draft. Again, the ground rules for this, and, and maybe you have different ground rules, but, but in my mind, uh, these are blunders, these are gaffes, these are mental lapses. These are not necessarily bad plays. Like, this isn't a situation where, uh, like, for example, Danny Green missing the shot in game five of the NBA Finals. Like, no. If he makes it, they win. If he misses, they, did, you know, they ended up not winning. That doesn't count as a blunder. That just counts as a missed shot. I feel like the rules for this is that there has to be something low-key humiliating about how the mistake was made. Yeah, yeah. Or but, just like but, a, to- or it was just like a total, total come apart. Another, another example I would use uh, is like Bill Buckner to me. That is not a blunder. That's just a guy that committed an error at a really bad time. But it's not like oh, that's gonna be a that problem. That was on your list. That that's was on your be list. A problem. Because I'll, mind, I'll explain okay, why. I'll explain all right. why. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have it on your list. But but to me, like that was like like the guy tried his. It wasn't like he thought. Oh shit! Was I supposed to get that ball? I don't, I don't, we'll talk about it. Never mind. But that's that's how I went about this. But. uh Okay, then you might not like two of mine. Okay, it's fine. But that's okay. That's okay. It's I fine. think we can, uh, we can we can work it out. But I wanted this to be a draft because I thought we would be competitive with some of ours. And there's nothing worse than doing like top five lists and like three of our five are the same. And then it just right. gets kind of you know. So I wanted to do a draft to make sure we don't have the same list. So I will defer to you uh, and let you take the first pick here, Charlotte. Okay. All right. So I for me. Uh, you know the the first pick. I guess it should technically be like the the our favorite. I have them ranked. Oh, you went you went backwards. You went five to one. I went five to one, but I think we should go one to five. So I'm just gonna. We definitely should because I'm gonna take the best one available. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, then I'm gonna take number one. The ball going through Bill Buckner's legs. <laughs> Mark Titus, you are wrong. I still. So this is. 
this is a, the reason that I'm defending this as a total um, sort of brain malfunction is this is such a routine play. This wasn't like, oh, he, it, like, sure, Danny Green missed a three, but it was still a three. It wasn't like, you know, if, if the ball had bounced off his foot, it would have been way more embarrassing. Like this was a routine thing that Bill Buckner, I get so passionate about this one. I, to give you an example, to tell you how much this affected me of how much this upset, this happened. I was not born when the ball went mm -hmm. through Bill Buckner's legs. I was not born in 19, wait, it was 1986, right? Like I, I think forgot so. Yeah, it was down, 86. Yeah, sure. the, it was 86, yeah. And yet I remember distinctly the day at school, in elementary school, in my suburb outside of Boston, when someone told me that this had happened, that my beloved Red Sox had been close <laughs> to winning the ultimate- Once upon a time. The, yes, and that some guy named Bill had let the ball go through his legs. I go mm -hmm. home and I say to my mom and dad, I was like, you know about this Bill Buckner guy? And they're like, yeah, we're, uh, we're aware. Um, and I was like, where were you when the ball went through <laughs> his legs? And they were like, we were at home watching the yeah, game. Like, yeah. I think we were watching it in, in my, the living room or the bedroom. I don't know, wherever we had a TV. And I was like, how could then, you, did you, I said, did you cry? <laughs> and, they were like, and, and then they're like, you know, uh, I, I do remember when JFK was shot. I was and you're like, yeah, don't care. Where were you? <laughs> like, who's that? <laughs> Did he play I'm for the Red six. Sox too? <laughs> so I'm defending that. That's my number one pick. And to be fair, right. I don't think that this should have been, you know, games are won on more than one mistake. Um, but as, this one was seared into my brain as a child. And so I am taking it and defending it. As more time goes by, the Mandela effect's going to kick in, and you're going to be convinced that you were like seven years old when Bill Buckner that play happened. And yeah, <laughs> like, like when you're sixty, you're going to be telling people, "You're like, yeah, I remember the Buckner play well. I was seven. I was. Was that a sports game. bar? Well, <laughs> yeah, um... the freshman in college, I snuck in. I used it. <laughs> what? That doesn't add up. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll defend him and saying uh, to me, it's that's that's tough, but uh, you know. I, I don't know. I like to me, it's not like the guy met, I, but I guess I'm, I don't know. Like it didn't like he tried his best. <laughs> he he <laughs> like did. He, I know. He, knew, he didn't That's lose sight of the moment. Like in the moment he knew I got to make this play. I got to step on first. I'm fully aware of what the happen. I, he just executed poorly. It wasn't it like, yeah. That's how I saw it. But you, I yeah, agree with you so. from a rational standpoint, but yeah. from a fan standpoint, like I don't think of this personally as Bill Buckner. Like I'm not mad at him. His name yeah. just happens to be attached to this thing. Yeah. Seared into my brain. All right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Only because it's yeah, personal to you and all that. Um all right. So my number one pick, this is this is number one on my big board. Uh I'm I'm glad you didn't take it. I was worried you might. Uh it is Chris Weber calling timeout in the nineteen ninety-three national championship game against North Carolina. Uh it is the if you listen to my other podcast that I do with Tate Frazier, uh it is the the call of that play is opens our show every single show we do because it's such an <laughs> iconic call from Woody Durham. Uh a few things of note with Chris Weber calling timeout. First of all, he traveled. Um, if you watch the go back and watch the play, like a lot of people don't even need to go back and watch the play because it's like that's not like a little secret in the college basketball world that he traveled. It's like very obvious that he traveled. In fact, when it happens, North Carolina's entire bench jumps up and starts screaming he traveled. Uh, it's clear as day that he traveled. So, like in a weird way, the timeout shouldn't have been that big of a deal because it should have just been called a travel, and then maybe we don't have this conversation at all. Uh, but in, a, in another weird way, the time, the travel almost makes it worse because it just like contextualized how rattled Chris Webber was in this moment that he travels. Uh, he then like 
there was plenty of time. I think there's like 20 seconds left. He could have passed the ball to someone else like at any point, but he just, he just dribbles up the court as fast as he can, dribbles right to the corner, which basketball 101, do not do that, uh, gets trapped, and then calls timeout, Charlotte. I forgot about this until I watched the clip again this morning. He called timeout quick. Like most of the time in basketball, the timeout is the last-ditch effort. It's like I'm trapped. I have nowhere to go. You're looking for options. You're looking for options. Ah, shit, I have nothing. Let me call timeout. This dude, like, picks up the ball very quickly, just like, ah, shit, and just calls timeout, which tells me he was super rattled. Um, but uh, the other things I wanted to point out, Michigan was yes. down two. So the way the story has been told is that, like, Michigan was going to win. And if Weber doesn't call timeout, Michigan wins. But because he did, they lose. I don't think that's fair. Michigan was down by two. Like, okay. If we're, if we're filling in the what-if gaps, they still have to hit a shot to send it to overtime. They still have to win in overtime. There's like a lot of stuff that has to happen. Um, and secondly, I don't think this would have been as big of a deal had Michigan, had the Fab Five not been like such an iconic uh, group of guys. And the year before, they had lost to Duke in the national title game. And they lost by 20. They got blown out. And all the guys came back and they said, we are going to get revenge for last year. So, like, having that context also made it a big deal because, like, this was supposed to be the Fab Five getting redemption for the year before, and then now Chris Webber's blowing it. Um, but, yeah, it's still, it's still like, the – it, it'll forever be, like, the moment that I think of when I think of, like, mental lapses in sports. It's I mean, I think that that is probably what most people would think of, and I probably should have taken that. <laughs> but, you know, Buckner is just stuck in my goddamn head. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I just, I ache for, this is very triggering clearly as someone who sends emails like that. I'm like, I totally would have done that. Like that is entirely something that I would have done. Well, um, I left out a good part. What, what, I, I left this out. I can't believe I forgot this. Uh, in the post game press conference, the first question Weber was asked is, uh, what, how are you feeling? Like you just, you just cost your team a national championship. You're you know, this this is probably the biggest embarrassment in college basketball history. How do you feel, Chris? And he said, ever hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> you got me for a second. Did you see my face? I was like, no, he, no, did? he did? <laughs> oh, my God. God damn it, Mark. Okay. Um, all right. So at, at second, I am going to pick – I'm going to take J.R. Smith running out the clock. That's a good one. That was number two on my list. I, in I 2018, the game the game one of the finals against the Warriors was tied with 2.2 seconds left. Mm -hmm. J.R. seems to forget that the game is tied, and he dribbles out the clock. And that iconic picture of LeBron James putting his arms out, yelling at J.R., being like, what are you doing? And J.R. being like, huh? <laughs> um, the game goes overtime, the Warriors win, and then the Warriors go on to sweep the Cavs in the finals. Yeah, yeah. Which I had kind of forgotten when I was looking this up. I was like, oh, damn, you know, like the yeah. Cavs really got swept. Yeah, and that was the moment in time. I, I vividly remember that happening, JR dribbling it out. I remember texting my buddies and saying, LeBron is leaving Cleveland because of this. <laughs> Like that, that is, that was the most, I, I was not even kidding. I was like, LeBron is a hundred percent leaving Cleveland. They're like, I don't know if the series is close. Like maybe, he can, you know, I don't, I don't think I was like, no, 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 no. The look on his it. face, this man was like giving it his all. LeBron, what made it so bad was game one. Like everyone going into that finals, everyone knew the Warriors were going to win. The, like there was hope maybe the Cavs could push it to five. God, if we're lucky, it'll be six. But like, right. they have no shot whatsoever. And LeBron put forth one of the greatest NBA Finals games of all time. Was he put like, that team on his back? On his like back. he was, he was the only reason it was yeah. tied. 
it was staggering how well he was playing. And all J.R. Smith had to do was give him the ball. Like the, the, the head cannon that all of us had that were watching the game was that if J.R. passes the ball to LeBron, he hits the game winner. It caps off maybe the greatest finals game any of us have ever seen. Holy shit, the Cavs just upset the Warriors in game one. We have a series, all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> the opposite happened. <laughs> it's so, it makes it so funny that it's J.R. Smith. Also, yeah. I just love so much that when Avery Bradley opted out of this season that the Lakers picked up J.R. Smith, and J.R. Smith yeah. once again rode LeBron's coattails to another championship. I It was just one it's of the fantastic. funniest. Yeah. It's the, like it, the best storyline. I don't think people are talking about this. And took his shirt off, but then like – the game wasn't even ago. over. And it wasn't over, was it? Off. It wasn't over yet. And you're like, God, this man. And he didn't screw so up the bubble. Like, I thought he might be the, the liability there that brings somehow, you know, imports COVID into that safe space. But he didn't. So shout out JR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a good one. That was number two on my list. So you have me scrambling now because I have to readjust my big board here. Um, <laughs> hmm. My number two pick. All right. I'm going to pick this one. I don't. I'm worried you might take this one, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm picking this one. My number two did not happen on the court, on the field, or anything like that. It happened in an introductory press conference. It is Bryce Harper uh, signing with the Phillies, and he says in his introductory press conference, we want to bring a title back to D.C., uh, apparently oblivious to the fact that he now plays in Philadelphia. Um, and what makes this so funny, Charlie, is that the Washington Nationals, for their entire existence as a franchise, they, they have choked. That's, that was the thing about the Nationals. That was always the thing when Harper was on the team. wasn't always his fault, but like one way or another, the Nationals would have the number one team in the National League. They'd be the best team, and then they would lose in the Divisional Series. They couldn't even win a playoff series, much less a World Series. Uh, and then Bryce Harper goes to Philly. He says, my goal here, one thing I want to do is I want to bring a title back to D.C., and then I'll be goddamned that year, this past season, the Washington Nationals won the World Series. <laughs> it was so, so I yeah. felt a little bad for Bryce, but also. Yeah, also, it's like, it's just objectively funny. Like, if you're Bryce Harper, you have to just be like, I, yeah, I mean, because I get it. I get, like, you know, I, I get why he would say that. He's just, he's athletes are robots, and so many years you're conditioned to just saying, like, yeah, anything for DC and man, I love Washington so much and over and over that it never crossed his mind that like, no, you got to unprogram that. You, you got to unprogram that part. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it's like he forgot to take the DC chip out of his brain and he put in, you know, he forgot to put in the Philly one. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. That one, that, that one's not as like that one. I feel like Bryce Harper can laugh at hopefully. I don't know. Do you think he's laughing? I don't know. Do think- I don't think so. I wouldn't laugh at that if I were Bryce Harper. I'd be like, yeah, I said that. And then the team won. Then like, they won. It, it, yeah. The, if he, if they hadn't won, it would be one thing, but they, yeah. brought, they got a world series. So, you know, yeah. Do you, do you think Bryce Harper was a hundred percent cheering against the nationals last year? He yes. had, been, oh right? my God. Because he was Unless taking he's like a chair. saint. Yeah, yeah. Every I would game be the Nationals won, national. people were just like talking about Bryce Harper and like, oh my God, are they going to do it without Bryce? Yeah. I, that, just, but it's an objectively funny story. Like at some point, Bryce has to look at it and just be like, I mean, it is kind of, it's funny. If that happened to anybody else, I'd be dying. It's a little laughing, funny. So. It's a little anyway. funny. Uh, yeah. um, okay. So number three, I'm going to take uh, the Nick Young shot against the Knicks <laughs> in 2014. <laughs> where So he, he shoots this three, thinks he makes yeah. it, walks away. Puts his arm up. He's like, oh, yeah. And then the ball bounces out of the net, and he turns around. He's like, ah, oh, damn, and, like, starts running back down the court. Um, yeah. I think that 
it's just first of all in researching this like that's my favorite gif of all time yeah you know it's been turned into the meme where like a guy shoots his shot and the girl's like no and he's like thinks it's a lock but he's like rejected so hard i just like i love that i also i'd forgotten in researching this that it was against the knicks which somehow makes it that much funnier that like of course the most embarrassing it's like the Knicks are so embarrassing to the point that like, even if you're not on the team, you play them and you get embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. The Knicks yeah. are the, the meme team. The meme if you will. Yeah. Like <laughs> just, just their existence. Uh, is, is Nick Foles that way? The, the, oh my God. The Knicks. No, cause he's not. The Knicks, Charlotte. <gasps> His name is Nick. <laughs> oh my God. His existence is, you put a oh K in God. front of it, and he's Nick Foles. <laughs> the Knicks are the meat. There's something That's about like him. So, it's like presence. we're high. It's like we're high, and it's like three whoa. in the morning, and we're like, yeah. "Whoa, Nick!" We're watching. Foles. We're watching Planet Earth. And we're like, "Oh yeah. my God!" By the way, uh, side tangent. I was watching uh, Blue Planet the other day, and I did. I wasn't even high. It was just like the middle of the day, and I'm watching it, and I uh, it blew. It melted my brain to think about mammals in the ocean, just in the sense of like. All of the creatures in the ocean that have to they have to go to the surface I, to breathe. Like what? <laughs> Can you imagine? I think like, about if, that more than I care to admit. I think I'm like that's how? insane. Well, the, well, could you imagine if like we like we're just living on land and like every seven minutes we have to stick our faces in water to, to get air? <laughs> like, hold that thought, Charlie. You're just like, <laughs> all right. What were you saying? Uh, it's crazy. Sorry, has anyone seen my fishbowl? I'm running out of water. <laughs> that's insane. a good like, point. How does that, how, like, uh, you know, on the one hand, you have evolution. On the other hand, like, if evolution's, I'm, I'm kidding, I don't want to go down that road. Remember, remember how it used to be Are fun? Are you a creationist? Like, no, remember how it used to be fun to, like, have conspiracy theories and, like, say yeah. stuff like that to just, like, yeah. laugh about it. And then now you got to be careful because everyone. It's not you know, fun you know, anymore. It's not fun to do that. It's anymore. not fun anymore. It did used to be fun. It used to, like, I, used, I remember going into, like, freshman year of high school and, sitting around the lunch table and just being like guys i don't think we landed on the moon everyone's like whoa that's a great theory i love that <laughs> you think and you hear like, about that soundstage in hollywood yeah and I, I wasn't even sure if i believed it i don't know i was just i was 14 15 who gives a shit and then now it's like if you say that it's you know it's terrifying it's terrifying it's legitimately terrifying it's actually uh, terrifying where were we you pick uh, Nick young yeah it's my it's my pick i have number three um I don't know. That one's college basketball too. I don't want to do two college basketballs. That's boring. You can do two uh, college basketballs. I w- well, that's just boring. It just makes for boring. It's kind of a similar. I I don't like that one. I want to do this one. I want to do uh, Jim Joyce. I want some variety on my list. I'm taking Jim Joyce in 2010 when Armando Galarraga of the Detroit Tigers was throwing a perfect game, and Jim Joyce is the first base umpire, and he basically blows the perfect game for Armando Galarraga. Uh, with one of the worst calls in baseball history, when uh, who, who was that to play? I think it was Jason Donald for the Indians. Uh, hits a. Uh, do you remember this? Do you have any recollection of this? How much? No. Do what year was this? this? So this was uh, 2010. Uh, Galarraga's throwing a perfect game for the for the Tigers. Part of the reason I want this on my list is because I remember watching it live. I wasn't watching the game, but like. I think it was a situation where it was a cut-in, where it was like the ninth inning, and they're like, we got a perfect game going on in Detroit. We go live. And like I was sitting on my couch watching it, and perfect games are awesome. Like no hitters are cool. Perfect games, a little bit better. Yes. So like no hitters, I'll watch it. You know, Perfect game, if I'm out and about, and someone tells me there's a ninth inning perfect game going on, I'm dropping everything, and I got to watch it. I'm locked in. I'm like, I got to watch this. 
So I'm watching it, and uh, there's two outs, and uh, Jason Donald, I, I, I was Jason Donald, hits a, hits a ground ball to the first baseman for the Tigers. I think it was Miguel Cabrera. Uh, and it takes him away from the bag. So Galarraga has to cover the bag. He's the pitcher. So he's running over to cover the bag, catches the ball from, Gal, uh, from Cabrera, steps on first base, beats, beats the runner by at least a full step. Wasn't even close. Wasn't even kind of close. And Jim Joyce, the first base umpire, goes, safe. <laughs> and everyone in the stadium's like, I'm sorry, what? In fact, when I say everyone in the stadium, Jason Donald himself, the base runner, the guy who hit the ball, the guy who wants to be safe in this context, he puts his hands on his head like, what have you done, dude? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I had totally forgotten about this. Wait, yeah. so did they keep the call? Did the call no, stand? No, this was pre-replay pre era right. baseball. Uh, Jim Leland the, was the, the Tigers manager. He comes out to argue, but like – it was, it was such an obvious blown call that, like, Leland wasn't even mad. Like, he really had the attitude of, like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. He's, like, looking at him. He's, like, so, Jim, come here. Come here. Um, I got to ask you. I got to ask you. What the f***? <laughs> like, that, that was his attitude. He's, like, what the f*** was that? <laughs> he's, like, we sure, man? You want to yeah, go uh, with that? Yeah. yeah, he wasn't out there, like, what are you? You know, like, like, like managers usually do. Um, <laughs> so, that's such a good, yeah. that's such a good baseball manager image where they're like, just uh, come here, sack. <laughs> you screwed up. You screwed that one. Uh, to his credit, Jim Joyce has been like, he's never lived this down. Like, he, he, the story goes like right after the game, he goes into the umpire locker room, he turns to the umpires, he's like, did I blow that? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, you did, Jim. You really did. And then he, he watches really... the replay, and like he he's he's been distraught about it, which uh, you know is is admirable in some sense because a lot of times umpires are like, "I saw what I saw. Screw you." you know? Right. Well, it's like me being able to admit that there were typos in my email. You know, it's like you got to when when you really screw up, you got to own it. Otherwise. It the, this kind of this stretches the limits of my definition of a blunder because, like, it, in some way, it was the guy was doing the best job he could, and like, if, if it's a close call, umpires do get calls wrong, whatever. But man, if you watch the video, it is not even kind of close. It is like, like he it, it was he wasn't even watching, or like he forgot what safe and out meant, and like he forgot the hand motions or something, and thought like out. Oh shit! I, I went like this. I get uh, safe. I get you know. Well, that's where his brain didn't connect to his yeah, yeah, body. Yeah. He was like, so, oh my, you know. Um, a perfect game. My, <laughs> that's just that is just the worst. Okay, um, my my number four. I'm gonna take. You might have issue with this one, but I'm gonna defend it. It's um, a real good golf meltdown. It's Sergio Garcia mm. on the. I think it was at the 15th hole of the Masters when he shoots a 13. Mm -hmm. He shot a mm -hmm. 13 and that to me, sure. That has physical ramifications because you know, you're hitting the ball 13, but right. that is a, that is a complete that is a mental, mental yeah. come apart where you just yeah. like forget how to play golf. And I've been there, uh -huh. but also cause Sergio Garcia is so unlikable. This was really enjoyable mm -hmm. still, to watch. Still unlikable. Isn't he? I don't know. I, I, I've always kind of liked it, but yeah, you, no, a lot of people don't like him. You're yeah. not, I, I wasn't saying you're wrong. I was just, uh, you know. Yeah. I, so I just, I feel like a number four drafting it's, that it's, meltdown. It's hard for me to not like guys as they get older. Like everybody, every athlete, like as they kind of get older, I'm like, yeah, you know. Wait, really? I probably just hated him because he was a young dude that like yeah that, that was that was a lot of the reason he I said some questionable things so i'm not like his views are a little 
Oh, really? I don't know about yeah. his fiance. I'll be honest. I just, oh, I don't yeah, know no, about he's like, I, I oh, can't. Okay. I should have looked this up, but oh, he's no, uh, no, you said enough. I, okay. I was I was basing it off of like just his his persona on the course, like just like the the aura of Sergio Garcia. I was like, all right, you're not Tiger. Yeah, you'd think based on that, but then you like look up some of the things he said, and you're like, oh boy, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe not. And then he just blames it on is he realizes those are bad opinions, and he's like, uh, I I translation like, that was my club. I, it was the equipment. I just picture yeah, or, or he just plays the I'm Spanish and I my English is bad. I didn't mean to say that type thing. <laughs> Which uh, do you remember like Rafael Palmero and Sammy? No, Rafael Palmero I don't think did this, but Sammy Sosa did. Um, at the uh, when the, the all those baseball guys had to like testify in front of the Senate, and Sammy Sosa suddenly forgot how to speak English, and like that was his. Oh they my were, god! We were talking about steroids, you know. No, like, oh, that's right. And he and Sammy Sosa, this guy that's been on TV for like every, you know, like he's he's the he's the most, you know, affable guy in Chicago. It's like him and Jordan in the '90s, and like he's all over everything. He's doing interviews, and he, he's got the accent. You know, he, English is his second language, but at the same time, like Sammy, we have we've seen you do interviews forever. Right. And now, he's, now he's in the city. He doesn't know how to speak English. Uh, anyway, what the what the hell does that? Mean? <laughs> <laughs> we're at your fourth we're at your fourth pick oh my god i'm i am on one today i don't know what's going on you're right. doing great man all right i am i am making my fourth pick also golf i am taking uh craig stadler in the 1987 andy williams open i don't think you know this story i don't um, know this one tell i love uh, when you tell is, stories yeah yeah this is the 14th hole at the 1987 andy williams open i don't know how prestigious the andy williams open tournament is who cares that's not the point uh stadler's in the running for winning this thing he's he's near the top of the leaderboard he hits a drive on 14 uh that, that lands under a tree lands right by a tree um and he can't uh, – as he's going to approach the ball, he realizes he can't do a backswing, like standing up, like the, the club, because the tree's overhanging the ball, like he can't swing his club because it's hitting the branches. So his solution is he's going to punch the ball out from the tree by getting on his knees, choking up on the club, and just punching it out that way. So as he does this, as he gets ready to get on his knees, he realizes the grass is wet. He doesn't want to get two big wet spots on his knees. So he takes a towel, sets it down. Stop it. Sets his knees on the towel, takes the shot – end of story like plays the rest of the round i think he ends up finishing fourth in the tournament whatever uh some narc some snitch calls in i don't know if you remember this uh this is this is, this happened in golf a lot recently i, I remember yes. Dustin Johnson. Yes. people call in and they're like the rules violation well this was happening in 1987 somebody some fan calls in and says that's a violation of rules uh and sure enough the, he, he was supposed to get a two-stroke penalty for, quote, building a stance. You're not allowed to use foreign objects to help your stance. So even though, like, the towel wasn't really doing anything other than keeping his pants dry, technically he, it was helping him with his stance approaching the ball. It was supposed to be a two-stroke penalty. Because he did not give himself a two-stroke penalty, he signed his card. Once you sign it, it's done. It's locked in stone. Uh, he was disqualified. He lost $37,000. Yeah, oh all because God. all because of this towel and some narc, some snitch out there was like calling in and and blowing up this guy's spot. So uh, you'll, you'll like this part. The reason I wanted to draft this one is because there's the follow up. Eight years later, uh, this was at Tory Pines. Uh, eight years later, the tr that tree is like dying, and they're going to remove <laughs> the tree from the course. So mm -hmm. they call Craig Stadler, and they have him come out and they give him the chainsaw and they let him cut it down. So eight years after the stop season, it. <laughs> 
Oh my God. That is the greatest end to that story. So, and he does it and he cuts it down. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. He he never got his 37 grand. He was owed, but uh, yeah. They should have paid him 37 grand to cut down the tree. (laughs) How can you, how can you as a person in control of golf, have someone narc and be like, yeah, well, I guess we got to listen to him. Like have a backbone, dude. Like don't disqualify him. Also, how much of a loser do you have to be? What a loser. Going through a rule book and being like, mm, a towel, I think this, like, is that his opponent, was one of his opponents, like, hiring someone to do that? Like, what pleasure do you get from you doing know, that? You know, I left this out. I didn't want to go there, but uh, we're already here. So, um, you know who called in? Yeah. It was it was a 16-year-old Darren Rovell. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. Wow. I love doing that. You're really on am. one today. I'm, I'm do- I really am on one. I don't know. Those are great. Oh, my God. It probably was, though. Like, it definitely <laughs> it was. Really was. Like, who else would it be? Like, it was Darren. He did it. That's a, that's a Rovell move if there's ever been I have it. to stop myself from taking All the right. bait and quote-tweeting him because it's too – I'm like, we got to – <laughs> not worth it all okay, right round us this out. one this one you're not gonna like because you're gonna argue that it's a physical thing but it is so funny to me and the and and i watched it i went back last night and i was watching it. i'd watched it probably like 12 times in a row and it's the butt fumble mark mm. it's the butt fumble it's not a total mm-hmm. brain fart i mean <laughs> fart but <laughs> um it, it's but it is like Mark Sanchez, if you if you haven't seen this recently, if you haven't watched this recently, go back and watch watch it because Vince Wilfork pushes back Brandon Moore, and Mark Sanchez doesn't look up and he runs right into Moore's butt and he drops the ball and the slow motion of that combined with I forgot this Collinsworth Chris Collinsworth is calling the game and he goes he goes I have never seen this before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> And for some reason, that just made me think, like, this counts. Like, that's such a bra- like that's yeah. such an embarrassing way to drop the ball for yeah. not looking that up. Counts. And I understand that it happens quickly, but it just really I, – I mean, and it was against the Patriots, which I, I just – I think it counts because it's – yeah, it's so just beyond the realm of possibility. <laughs> right, it's like you don't it, – literally, I've never seen be, this before. Yeah, it has to be – the physical stuff, if you're going to put on the list, in my mind, it has to be something that's outside the realm of possibility, and that is this running in the is- back of your. Because I had, I had a, uh, as a possible pick. Uh, I, there's, there's a, a seven, eight, whatever years ago. There was an instance of two Florida offensive linemen blocking each other. I don't know if you remember this play. This was like a. I, I saw this. I saw a picture. I don't know. I've, I've seen it a lot. I don't know uh, why, but it. Um, <laughs> There's this famous O-lineman yeah. replays. <laughs> like I think it's because I follow uh, Spencer Hall uh, oh, on, yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, he's a big Florida football fan, and, and this right. was like the Will Muschamp era, and, and he hated Will Muschamp. So he'd always talk about – like this play defined the Will Muschamp era. But like somehow there's like a pulling guard on Florida, and he's supposed to block a guy, and he ends up blocking his own teammate, and they're just locked in with each other, blocking <laughs> each other as the ball carriers <laughs> running past them. Uh, I don't, those plays are just like like – yeah, it's just – I don't know. There's no, it's got to, that has to count as a gas, as a blunder. It has to count because I'm sorry, like Sanchez just runs into his butt. He's looking, like if you watch the play, he's looking down and running, first of all, which as a quarterback, I don't know. I feel like maybe you should, you know, eyes appear, but I just, 
it, it cracks would be me up. Funny enough, time. if he tripped over his own offensive lineman's feet, fumbled, the guy scooped and scored. Like that's exactly funny. that's already funny. But the right. fact that he hits his butt. <laughs> I mean, truly, like go back and watch it. I was and, laughing so hard by myself. And if we're being honest, it. the fact that it's the Jets, the fact that it's Mark Sanchez, like there's a lot of things that just keep elevating it. It comes together in just like high comedy, which yeah. I appreciate so much. All right, so uh, my number five pick. Um, I'm going to round it out. Uh, the one I wanted to pick, the one that belongs on my list, and people are going to wonder why it's not on there, is Fred Brown in the 1982 title game uh, after Jordan hits the shot to win the national championship. Mm-hmm. It wasn't at the buzzer. Georgetown actually had the ball. Uh, they were down by one, and they had they could have won the game. And the guy on Georgetown just throws a chest pass to James Worthy because he thought he was – he thought it was his teammate. He just turns and he just goes, here you go. Um, and that's that, that's, that, that's, that should be on the list, but I already have a college basketball one, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this one because I this is this is a pick for you, Charlotte, because I feel yeah. like you would like this one. and you like. I love little, when you tailor things to yeah. how stupid, You like my little, funny, history, my yeah. little history lessons too, because I don't know if you know this story either. Uh, uh, I'm picking it. the 1988 Olympics opening ceremony in Seoul, South Korea, when – uh, this is this very tangentially related to sports because it's the Olympics, but otherwise nothing to do with uh, sports. Uh, there are doves released as part of the opening <laughs> ceremony. The, 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 the doves signify peace. They signify the world coming together. Release Classic. the doves. We're having the opening ceremony in Seoul. The doves fly up to the top of the uh, stadium. They perch on this big cauldron, this big sculpture that, that has been made. And they all just kind of hang out there around the rim of this cauldron. Well, the cauldron was not just a sculpture, Charlotte. The cauldron was there because uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Olympic torch. Oh, but this no. is a thing that oh, happens in the Olympics. Oh, no. And so the guys with the Olympic torches, who I don't know who they are, doesn't really matter for the story. Uh, they, they are on a strict schedule. The opening ceremonies, you got to hit these beats. A, B, C, D, let's keep it moving. You, we, we, we raise you up. Oh, my you God. Like the thing. So they get up to the top. There's all these doves around. They light the cauldron. <laughs> no, it, just it blew up the birds. It didn't like blow up, but yeah, it, the, the birds were just like fried. They were all fried. Yeah, like I think a couple of them got out quickly, but like, yeah, it just incinerated <laughs> dozens of doves. A, that's very sad, but B, that is the <laughs> most, that is the antithesis of the image they were going for. Like, that's one of the funniest, that's like out of an Adam McKay movie, right? Like, that's like, that's when Will Ferrell looks up, he's like, oh, like, guess you shouldn't have lit the torch or whatever. Like, oh my God, I did not know about that. This is, that should that's have been my, your number one pick. That really man. should have been, yeah. I, I, I didn't think you would have that on your list. I was I'm glad you saved it. Yeah. I'm glad it's a uh, great one to end what, on. What an all-time blunder. Somebody, somebody I, I wonder who got blamed for that. Like, who do you pin the blame on? I don't like, know, like the bird handler? Yeah, but but apparently that was the end of the dove. Not well, it was the end of well, those I mean, doves, it was. those particular doves. Those but uh, specific doves. That's why they don't do doves at the Olympic ceremonies ever again. Is the way the story goes. I guess they don't do them anymore because they that. were like, "Oh, we we <laughs> roasted doves. <laughs> like <laughs> we made roast dove by accident. Like, oh my god, yeah, I would hope not. So good, so <sighs> good. So anyway, that's it. That's our top five. Did you have any honorable mentions as we wrap? This um. Up? I mean, none that were really good enough. I did have Chris Weber, but um, yeah, and I mean, I sort of had Bartman, but that felt mean to Bartman. Mm -hmm. That was I was like, I don't want to do this. So, so no, I think we really, I think I left it all out on the field. 
The only other one I wanted to draft was uh, Arthur Blank coming down from the owner's box when they're up 28-3. He came down in the second half to sell. I did the have the Falcons. I had the yeah. Falcons blowing the lead, but then I couldn't figure out how to make it the, the mental. And it was that. It was that Arthur, Arthur Blank. It's Arthur came Blank down. not realizing that, like, when you're winning the Super Bowl, don't do anything. Don't move. Don't just just freeze and let it ride and he was like no, i'm gonna go down to the field i'm gonna i'm gonna, he, gonna pop the champagne he he jinxed it he's the it's their fault i was at that game that was the most insane thing i've ever seen in person uh, I can in my imagine. life yeah was, yeah and then watch it on the couch yeah uh i got invited to go to the after party but got so lost in a parking lot that i couldn't make it in time <laughs> that's a- Wow. That's in case anyone wonders talking about blunders <laughs> how long i've been the way that i am the answer is forever whatever ha- what happens to the uh, losers after parties like like i'm sure the falcons had they a big just thing go planned, home. but what happens to those venues oh like you know what i'm saying like they have they, i'm sure they have like it's not like they just throw out all the black and red confetti that they had bought but i'm sure they- there's some like hotel in the Super Bowl city where it's like, all right, at the at the four seasons, if they win, the Patriots will celebrate That's here. And at point. the Ritz, if they win, is gonna be the Falcons. So what happens at the Ritz that night? Like the whole room. We we need we investigative journalism. That. that should be the media party. Like if you're covering the Super Bowl, all the media goes <laughs> to where the losers are supposed to go, and then you guys get all the champagne. You're like, We did it. Man, yeah. they would never do that for us. Yeah. They'd yeah. be like, Here's some taco bell, knock yourself um, out. Yeah, there are other honorable mentions. You can Google them, figure them out yourself. Listen, yeah. We don't need to go through them. Uh, is that it? Is home. that the show? How do we wrap this thing up? I think that's the show. I mean, send us more emails. Uh, tell us what you want us to do for the show next week mm-hmm. when Mark leaves me, abandons oh, me. I forgot. I got to tell my personal story. I'll oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? We're running long. It? We're running long, but I can already envision people are like, I can't believe you. I mean, I feel like if the people have stayed with us for this yeah. long, uh, it's, 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 uh, so I, I was a part of this thing. Also, uh, I selfishly just really want to hear it. So, yeah. So I was a part of this, uh, mentorship program with the NCAA when I was coming up through high school, because, uh, I was identified in eighth grade as like a potential, like great basketball player. Which wow. is hilarious looking back. Uh, I was, I was six, four in eighth grade. I was pretty good. So the, the NCAA started. Were you really? Yeah. Yeah. In eighth was, grade? Yeah. The only dunk I ever had in my basketball career was in a game in eighth grade. And then I never dunked in high school. Or wow. We are the opposite because I yeah. was absolutely tiny. I was like four, nine in eighth grade. Wow. I, we would have been, we would have been just, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, that's, that's how very it was funny. With like every other kid in my school. So <laughs> yeah, right. I can, I can envision it. Um, so they say started this mentorship program where they basically take uh, guys as they're entering high school and then like, you mentor them throughout high school. So that way, when you go into college as like highly touted recruits, you're not a shithead basically. It's like, what's the idea? They're like a lot of, a lot of college basketball recruits are shitheads. We're trying to not let them be shitheads, you know? So that was, that was the idea. So I go through this program. By the time I'm in high school, they realize their mistake. They're like, all right, this kid actually sucks. What were we thinking? But but they, they like me enough. So they let me go through the program. So fast forward, like three or four or five years, whatever it is, uh, I get asked to come back because like my career at Ohio State had wrapped up and I had done some cool stuff. I'd started my blog. So I was like semi-notable-ish sort of whatever. Don't so, sell yourself short, Judge. Yeah. You're a tremendous slouch. <laughs> <laughs> so the NCAA asked me to come back and speak to the current group of kids uh, that they're... And, and so these this is a group of all the best recruits in high school, but like all the best high school basketball players in the country. And there's probably a hundred of them. And uh, they, they have me on stage and I do like a Q and a with one of the directors of the thing. And they're just like talking about my experience going through the mentorship program, my experience in college, things I learned, whatever we're going through the whole thing. And at the very end, the question he asked me 
is, so if you had one bit of advice for these kids, uh, what would it be? And, and I, t- I take a deep breath and I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking like, I got to be funny. I don't know what it was. Oh, no. oh, I was like, no. I got to say something funny. Like, I can't, what, what am I going to say? Like, try your best. Like, that's lame. I got to be the cool guy. I'm like the cool camp counselor. And I'm, I'm like the youth, I got youth pastor energy. I'm like, oh, what's no. up guys? Oh no. It's me. You, you do. Know? With that so, hair, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I turned it all the way onto youth pastor energy. <laughs> I was like trying to, to make the room laugh. And boy, did I Charlotte, because what I, the, I was on the spot, quick thinking. I thought about the night before I had had, I, I, we were having dinner at this thing and um, I, I was served some, like, I, I'm a semi picky eater. I'm a white dude from the Midwest. I have a horrible palate. So like, I, you know, you prefer white food. I prefer white people food. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went to try something and I, I, I took a big, I smelled it. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to like that. And I didn't need it. And then, and then someone's like, you should try it. I think you'd like it, whatever. And I ate it and then it was disgusting. I didn't like it. And so the point of that is I was recalling that. So when the guy asked me for advice, I recalled that story and what came out of my mouth oh, no. a room full of 117, <laughs> 16 year old men, boys. I said, be sure to smell it before you eat it. <laughs> And oh my god, I have never got a bigger laugh in in my entire life ever. The place went absolutely like I was. <laughs> I was. <laughs> an insane. I was Bernie Mac live at the Apollo. Like these guys were like just stomping their feet and like high fiving each other, and then and then all the color rushes out of my face, and I'm like, oh my god, did I just say smell it before you eat it? to 16 year old boys people listening can't yeah. see me but i'm like actually crying. <laughs> actually crying. Smell, it. smell it before you eat it ever hopeful charlotte was, and mark by, by far the most embarrassing moment of my life i think about it all the time and, and, and the worst part about it is much in the same way with the softball story earlier uh, all the people involved with the NCAA afterwards, they thought I was screwing around because I, I I am a jackass. So like they thought I meant to say what I meant to say, and they were like, "Come on, man, why would you say?" It? I was like, "I swear to God, I did not mean to. <laughs> I swear to God, I did not mean." I'm gonna it. be thinking about that for a very. I meant long it to be time. a single entendre. I did not mean for the double. <laughs> the double. I promise you, I did not mean it. So anyway. I cannot. Okay. Oh my what a God. show we did. What a show, folks. Man, I'm going to miss you next week. What are we going to yeah. do? I don't know. Call in from your fishing trip. Maybe I will. Yeah, maybe we could do it that way. Can we do that? And, that? Uh, yeah, maybe I can. I don't know if I'll service. You don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm taking one week off. You'll figure it out. The people will email okay. you. Send okay. Charlotte emails. You can find, I'm sure you have a friend somewhere that can. <laughs> it's touch and go stuff. these days, Mark. Let me tell you. Um, well, I am in one last thing, then we'll let you guys go. I'm hosting a, um, virtual homecoming event for Colby college, uh, that my alma mater on Thursday night between six and seven. So if anyone wants to come, I'm sure that I will do something along the levels of a smell it before you eat it situation. So (laughs) if you want to watch me roast myself accidentally in real time, that's the deal. Yeah, just just get it. Can, can people interact, or do you just have to watch? Because that would be oh hell no. <laughs> oh god, that'd be so great if like all the listeners just 
everyone's just trolling you and the cat like yeah we're doing a q a please write charlotte your questions and everyone's exactly. just trolling charlotte no. do you smell it before you eat it are you ever hopeful <laughs> i am ever hopeful oh, okay. ever hopeful that people will send us more emails what a show um all fun right. times all right thanks for listening guys uh charlotte will be back next week send her emails <laughs>